But it's good to, uh, to be back. I know it's hard to get back into a routine, isn't it? Do you find that? Uh, I, love, I love my job, but I still thought, oh, really? And <laughs> I think we all do. I think that's just human nature getting going again. But, um, but it's good to be back into a routine. And uh, I really miss being together and, uh, and worshipping together. Um, I know not everybody uh, here um, knew Ken, but this week uh, we said a final farewell to Ken and we had a really lovely funeral service. So pleased, Joan, that you're able to be with us uh, again this morning. It's lovely to see you. Well done. Crying a good one. That's excellent. Well done. And uh, so it's just great to be back together. Just to let you know as well that um, uh, Dave and Fran's dad, Mary's husband, Brian, passed away uh, just recently as well. So our, our prayers are uh, with you guys very much. And, uh, you know, the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. And as uh, praise God, we have a lot to rejoice about. But the other bit of that is to, uh, to weep with those who weep. And uh, that's equally as valid. They're, they're both emotions. We're humans. That's how God made us. So a bit of weeping with those who weep is a good thing. And a bit of uh, rejoicing with those who rejoice. That's, that's the human life, and it's uh, life in the body of Christ as well. So uh, we, we cry together, and we rejoice together, and we uh, do a lot of just bumbling along together as well. Uh, all of that is, uh, is good. Anyway, I'm going to read out uh, a scripture from uh, Mark chapter uh, 4, and going into chapter 5. If you've got a Bible, do turn to it, Mark um, verse 35. It's about uh, Jesus saying to the disciples, uh, let's go to the other side. But I, I'm going to read out quite a chunk because I want to take it into uh, the next story and, and, and why they went to the other side. So Mark, Mark's gospel. Happy New Year, by the way. Mark's gospel, chapter 4, and we'll start reading at, at verse 35 and read this story uh, together. And uh, I just want to throw out, it's not part of the talk at all, but I just uh, thought, I, I want to throw out a Bible challenge. Why, why don't you this term aim to read a gospel? Uh, I don't know, some of you be, oh, well, I've got a good plan and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. that that's fine. Let's face it, a lot of us haven't got a good plan. So here's, that's, my, uh, that's, my, uh, that's my Bible challenge. Uh, why don't you read a gospel uh, sometime during this, this term? Those that are really keen can read more than one. There's four to choose from funnily enough. So there we go. So let's read from Mark chapter 4 verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side, as they were by the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waters broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern. Is that the pointy bit or the flat bit? It's the flat bit at the back. Thank you very much. He, Jesus was in the flat bit at the back. Sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? It's a good question under the circumstances. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, so no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. He had often been chained, hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What's your name? My name's Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside, and the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, that is the ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Well, Jesus had announced, a great story, isn't it? So, it, gospel challenge. Jesus announced what they were going to do. He said, come on, let's go to the other side. We're, we're going somewhere. He told them what to do. And, and of course, there are lots of things the Bible and Jesus has told us to do. Go and make disciples, lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover. Uh, go and serve people. Things he's told us prophetically as well. Be a doorway of hope to many. I'll give you a building. I'll open a door no man can shut. There's all sorts of things that God has spoken to us. And, 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 but, but we haven't got them all. It's as if we're this side of the lake and then there's things over there. There's stuff that's happened behind us. The, here we are on the shore in the present and there's the far shore that's, that's the future. And Jesus invites us to go to the other side. And I had an interesting sort of few minutes thinking, is this, is this a command or is it an invitation? And it's, it's sort of both, isn't it? with God because when Jesus said hey let's do this when he says to us the church hey let, let's do this together it, it's it is a command because if Jesus is the Lord of your life it's Jesus speaking isn't it but it's also an invitation because it's lets us do it he doesn't ask us to do anything on our own isn't that encouraging so it's, it's, it's sort of, I find it fascinating. He sort of invites us to do things. He gives us a great measure of free will because, let's face it, we quite often say, nah, 
Now, I'm, I'm just distracted doing something else, or no, I don't want to do it, I'm fearful, or whatever. But, but there's an invitation, but it's also a command, because he's Lord of our life. But, it, but it's, relate, it's a relational command. It's a friendship command. It's, it's, he never asks us to do stuff on our own. In fact, he never asks us to do things we can't do with him. He asks us to do things sometimes we can't do, but we can do because of him who invites us and goes with us. So that's, that's the, the, the command or the invitation. Let's go over to the other, uh, the other side. I, I, I've got a bit of a funny thing about the Facebook invite. I, don't, I know not everyone here is on Facebook, but you, you can send people invites. I, I get them fairly regularly. And uh, are, are you going... Are you not able to go? And then there's a the bit I don't like, this maybe. I think, how's that going to help them know how many chairs to get out or how many sausage rolls to get done? Maybe. What's that about? What, what is that about? Am I, yes, I'm going. Or, so I, I never click maybe, personally. I don't, I, I don't think Jesus is fond of maybe. Come over to the other side. Well, maybe. But let's face it, we do that sometimes in life, don't we? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, maybe. Unless I get a better offer. Or a shinier offer. Uh, and yeah, I'll follow Jesus. Are you coming with me to the other side? Are you coming with me in your future, Hope Church, or you as an individual? Are you coming with me somewhere? Uh, maybe. But that's not, we could do better than that, really. We could say, yes. I, I don't know, just a personal sign, but I, I, if I had a maybe New Year's Eve, and, but I, I always phone someone up and explain why there's a maybe. I don't, like, I don't like the vagueness, but maybe that's a personality thing, I don't know. But Jesus is not so keen on, on maybe. In fact, he says in Revelation, I wish you were hot. Yes, I'm definitely coming, or cold. No, nah, I'm not coming. Than, than, the, than the maybe thing, the lukewarm thing. Anyway, that's the invitation or the command or the both. But there's certainty in it. That's the other thing. When, because of who says it, there's certainty involved. You know, if Jesus says, hey, we're going over there, there's an element of certainty if you're going with him. When he says, I'll, I'll never leave you or forsake you, you can, you can bet your bottom dollar on it. Because he, he always keeps his word. There's some of us that are, that are not so consistent. Isn't that true? You know, some people say, yeah, I'll definitely do it. You know, the early joiners, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, I've got fed up with that now. Do something else. Jesus is not like that. When he says, hey, I'll come with you, we're going over there, he sticks with you. There's certainty about where you're going because of who said it. That's true of biblical stuff. It's true of prophetic stuff. If we've weighed it up carefully, is it biblical? Is it righteous? Is, is it confirmed by other people and so on and so forth? There's some certainty in following the word of God. And that's a great thing. See, I've noticed sometimes, even though I, I start off praying in faith, sometimes there's an element of almost pleading. <laughs> Does that make sense to anyone? Sorry, uh, maybe it's just me that, that, yeah, God said that, and I'm a, Lord, you've got to do it. As if I have to put his hand up behind his back to get him to do something that he said he's going to do. No, 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 no. If he said he's going to do something, then he'll do it because of who he is. Because he never lies. Because he is the way and the truth and the life. He tells the truth. He is the truth. And the disciples ended up with that kind of thing. There was an element of, of fear in there. What essentially was a prayer which was, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to drown. For goodness sake. They're sort of shaking him awake. and said, Jesus, don't you? Well, of course he cared. 
He told them they're going to the other side. He said it already. He not only cares, he's already decided what's going to happen. So it was a good thing. It's a very good thing. It's the best prayer in the world to say, Jesus, for goodness sake, help. Maybe not the goodness sake bit, but Jesus, help. That's one of my best prayers. pray it quite often. Help. Lord, did you do that one? It's a good one. It's quite brief. doesn't take too long. Get on with your meal. Help. Jesus that's a good that's a good thing but the fear and, and the panic of the don't you care that that shows they, they hadn't really grasped that he'd, there was certainty because he'd already said what was going to happen when, when God's promised we don't have to to panic uh, uh, and pray with that anxiety although we can be real with God and tell him how it is and how we're feeling that's the good side of it but but it was unnecessary because he'd already said hey we're, we're going over there there's certainty see God has plans for us and we can pray on the basis of what he's already said he will take us forward so we're on this shore in the present uh, there's the the shore of destiny that's a good phrase isn't it not really anyway there's the future over there and he'll take us there god has plans for us there that's exciting some of us will find that very exciting some of us will find that pretty scary but depending on where we're at and our personality some of us might find it a bit confusing. What if we're going over there? Why has this happened and that happened? That's exactly what happened to the disciples. It's normal. It's normal. We thought we were going there and now this has happened. Ah, oh, no, God is taking us on a journey. He has plans for us. And for a church, it's not primarily physical, but spiritual. God takes us. The Bible compares the Christian life to a way or a road or a journey quite frequently. So that's Jesus' command. Let's go over to the other side. Second main point is this. Expect the unexpected. For those of you of my, my age, I immediately start thinking of the, the uh, Monty Python sketch where the, the Spanish Inquisition keep jumping in. You know, ah, oh, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Some of you are looking completely blank at me, but never mind. Look it up, Google it, and you'll find it. How can you expect it? Of course, by definition, we can't expect the unexpected, can we? Because it's unexpected. But what I'm saying is, when something unexpected crops up, all we have to think of is, oh, I didn't expect that. It's, it's normal. The unexpected is normal, even though we didn't expect it. And that's what happens to the disciples. To be honest, it's life in a fallen world. Things go a bit belly up from time to time. Unexpected things happen because we're in a world, because we're still fleshly and because we have an enemy of our souls so expect the unexpected i i was thinking that uh, you know what satan can't stop because god said it's going to happen he seeks to delay and spoil you can see that all through the bible remember the children of israel well, i'll give you a promised land and they got the promised land because god promised that he would give them the promised land but there was a 40-year delay as Satan tempted them and they fell into grumbling and they fell into immorality, fell into oh, idolatry, all sorts of things. And a whole generation later, but they got what God had promised. The destination was secure, but Satan sought to delay them. Trials will come up as we step forward in faith. That's just life. As we step forward, step by step towards uh, destiny, towards what God has for us, faith will always be tested. 
say it again. Some of, some of you look not quite sure. I think, anyway, you can disagree with me. Don't stone me, but you can disagree with me. Um, faith will always be tested. That's, there may be some references up or, or on the uh, screen. Let me read uh, 1 Peter 4 verse... Here somewhere. 1 Peter 4 verse 12. Uh, James says similar things. The Apostle James. This is the Apostle Peter. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. What's he saying? He's saying the unexpected trial is normal. It feels strange to you, but it's not strange. It's normal. In fact, he says rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed and James says similar things there's other verses in Peter about uh, God testing our faith as if it's purifying gold puts us in situations that 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 actually stretch our faith challenge us but in the end our faith is strengthened as we come through that test faith is always tests and tests as we see in this story tests expose the truth of where we're at And the purpose of them is so that we grow in God. The disciples after this were stronger than they were beforehand. And and they had an accurate assessment of where they were at. Because it exposed the weakness of their heart, didn't it? Actually, they were already inclined towards fearfulness and doubting Jesus. The storm didn't produce that. It just showed what was already in there. I had a conversation with someone years ago now. Someone... um, did a bit of a dirty on me, and, and, and then they wanted to apologize, which is always a great thing to apologize. So they came to apologize, and, and, and halfway through the apology, they said, of course, it wasn't really me. You think, oh, so I said, well, look like you. <laughs> no, 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 what I mean is it's, it's not really me. And we had a great chat about that, because the truth is, when we're under pressure and that, that stuff comes out, it's not not us, it's just the us that we kept hidden the rest of the time. it's the bit of us that we're a bit embarrassed about and it's not the best side of us but but it is us and that's what came out of the disciples and actually that's that's not a bad thing that's the mercy of God who says hey that's in you what should we deal with next hey that's ah so that's the issue is it ah okay well let's let's deal with that then you don't know I'm the one who can take you through that storm okay well let's deal with that then and that's what happened Faith is always tested and it exposes the truth of where we are. For them, of course, it was their fear, I suppose. We have to allow God to expose our stuff, our issues. And then we can ask him to deal with it. That can be all sorts of things. For them, at this point, it was their fear. But it can be jealousy. You know, suddenly we're going along and somebody's asked to do something and we're not. And suddenly... That expresses a lot that can't say that can't say that in words or something happens and we're, suddenly we're we're angry and we can't work out quite why we're quite that angry and God allows these things to be exposed so that we can cry out hey Jesus that's the important thing is not that the issue is exposed but who we go to with it yeah 
So if we take all of our stuff and bring it to Jesus, then we can make progress and grow in him. And he takes us through whatever the particular storm here. Here it's, it's fear, and fear can freeze us. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, he did not give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and self-discipline. And I, I'm preaching to myself, quite honestly, but that's not a bad thing. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. So, so when that fear comes, it's not, it's not from him, but we can bring it to him and say, hey, Jesus, not do you care? Although we can be honest with him. We could say, do you care? Or we could say, I know you care. Help me to trust you in this. Do you see what I mean? I read, I read this this week. I forgot to write down who wrote it. My apologies. If we believe God for everything, we don't need to fear anything. I think, I think that's true. I'm, I'm not there all the time, to be honest. I'm not. I wish I was. If we, but I think it's true, isn't it? If we believe God for everything, we don't need to fear anything. See, the, when trials come upon us, they often expose a lie we've believed or a truth we haven't believed. It's quite a helpful little thing to keep in, in your mind when a trial comes. See, see what the, the lie the disciples... I believed was this, Jesus doesn't care, and he can't deal with it. That's why, that's why they're in a state, he doesn't care, he doesn't know, he doesn't care, and he can't deal with it. Well, that's probably at least three lies. Whereas the truth was, he does care, he knows all about it, he said we're going to get over there, and he'll get us there. So sometimes we have to look at our hearts and say, what, what lie have I believed? And then say, hey, Lord, I'm sorry, I believe this about you. But the truth is, saying it out loud can help. And that's, that's the process they were going through. And God allows storms sometimes, and will do, I'm sure, in the coming months, to expose our hearts and deal with our issues, not because he's cruel, but because he's exceedingly kind and wants us to grow in him and go with him to the far shore. And here's the thing, that it's his presence that makes the difference, isn't it? That you never go through any storm on your own when you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're never on your own, even when it feels like it. Now, I know there are times where we need a, a friend with skin on. I mean, Jesus has got skin on, but you know what I mean. We want some human flesh and blood alongside us. I know that. But the truth is, we're never on our own. The presence of Jesus makes all the difference. And I, I noticed this, just as an aside, he said, let us go to the other side. And, and there's a power in staying together. Satan always likes to uh, isolate us, but there's a power in staying in the boat. Let's be together. Don't, don't be in this coming year. Don't, don't be a Christian on your own going through a storm. Be, be, stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. I've watched the wildlife programs. I've said before, you know which wildebeest the lion gets. Eh? <laughs> Don't be that wildebeest. <laughs> I'm mixing metaphors because now, uh, now I've got wildebeest in a boat, but there we go. <laughs> you get the picture or the pictures. That's a terrible one. Anyway, there we go. Don't be on your own. Stay in, stay in fellowship, in community. Stay in the church. The Bible says some people neglect meeting together habitually. They get into a habit. How easy to get into a habit. Oh, don't meet together. No, now stay in the boat. God has got a great track record of getting people to the other side. A great track record. 
And the more you go through the storms and get to the other side, the more your faith grows so you can say, hey, there comes another storm. But it's okay. We're going to get to the other side. So let's go to the other side. Expect the unexpected. And and third one is an obvious one. It's just let's keep looking at Jesus. It's his presence in the boat that makes all the difference, isn't it? And uh, I, I love the prophetic words this morning about the presence of the Holy Spirit coming uh, like rain. Uh, that servant who didn't realize that God and his armies surrounded them and, and had to have his eyes opened to the presence of God. And, and you know, that's what, that's what makes the church different to the Rotary Club or the tennis club or, there's lot, or Oxfam. Or loads of people do good. Loads, loads of people have got a message. But what makes the church difference is Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, is with us. He's in us. Paul had to remind Christians often of that. He said, hey, have you forgotten? Don't you know? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit lives in us. It's Jesus' authority that makes all the difference. And his presence, not just in meetings, not just when we're high and lost in wonder, love and praise, but his presence in our boat when we're going through a storm. See, see, the presence of God is not just about worship times and ministry times, wonderful though they are. His presence is when it's all going wrong at school, when college is difficult, when we're struggling with this or that, when we're in the storms of life, knowing, hey, I'm in the storm of life, but Jesus is with me. That's what makes all the difference. And then we see his authority. He muzzles the storm. Some of the older translations have Jesus um, sort of saying, sort of, peace. But this is better, this, this translation is quiet. So actually, I'm told, the kind of thing they used to say at the time, to shut a dog up. You know, Jesus spoke to the storm, it wasn't, oh, peace be upon you, storm. It wasn't that sort of stuff. It was, shut up, be muzzled. That's, that's what he was saying. That's the authority of the Lord Jesus. When he speaks, it happens. He's the bringer of peace, but it's not a weak and weedy, religious-y peace. It's a proper, hey, stop. Jesus speaks with authority, and he's the one that we look to. His presence, his spirit, his authority. Even the wind and the waves obey him. I love that sentence. You know, you, you get, you're in difficulty. It's good to remind us, hey, I'm following the one that the wind and the waves have to obey. It's great, isn't it? He's the one we've got with us all the time. He's a sovereign, reigning saviour with all authority on heaven and earth, ruling over all things. And in the end, even death will have to bow before his feet. That's the one we're looking to. We're looking to his presence. We're looking to his authority. And we're looking to his purposes as well. You see, that, that story, often we just look at that story on its own, but there was a destination for them. There was a destiny, there was a purpose in this trip. Uh, it, it wasn't that Jesus was uh, saying, hey, let's have a beach holiday on the other side. Although sometimes he does say, hey, come with me and have a beach holiday on the other side. That would be very nice. There are times where he puts us down in green pastures and gives us a rest, and that's wonderful. But this time his purpose was this. I want you guys to be involved in changing the life of this man. And God has that similar purposes for us, doesn't he? He takes us through storms personally and corporately so that we can reach the other side. And what's on the other side? Somebody that needs Jesus. We've already got him. He's in our boat. He's with us. They don't know him. They haven't got him. And this man was particularly disturbed. He was a guy that was happier with the dead than the living. 
That's how, that's how desperate he was. He was a man that was abusing himself, shouting, cutting himself. He, he was in a state. Bless him. And, and Jesus wanted these guys with him to go to a new place to meet new people so that they would be, in the end, clothed and in their right mind. Someone that had previously had been disturbed. A life transformed. And that's what's waiting for us as a church. Who, who's across the other side for us this year? It's a good question to ask yourself, isn't it? It's a good prayer to pray. Lord, Lord, help me to connect with whoever it is who's at the other side of this week, this month, this year. Be with me. If, if I'm, not everyone will be going through storms at the moment, but some of us will be. Be with me as I go through this storm. But thank you. The purpose is to strengthen my faith so that when I get there, I can help this person find you. And then the, his, Jesus speaks to him. He, he casts out the uncleanness. And the, and the guy is transformed. And, it, and it, the end of it is that not only have they gone there, met the guy and his life is transformed, but he's off on, a, on his own personal mission among 10 cities telling people how great Jesus is. That's great, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if next year we not only meet people whose lives are transformed, but we meet people whose lives are transformed and going off telling 10 other people what God has done for them. I, I love reading the, the uh, hope stories, the little thing. People healed, people from various other places, broken backs healed, different things like that. Lives transformed, people being baptized. But that message needs to keep going out and out and out. So we look to Jesus. We're going to the other side. We're expecting the unexpected, looking to Jesus. So what? Always have a so what. Let's be prepared to journey. Let's be prepared to say, yeah, we're with you, Jesus. We're in this boat together with you. If Jesus wasn't in the boat, I wouldn't want to be in it, but he is. Hey, we're with you, Jesus. We're willing to go where you tell us to go, to do what you tell us to do, knowing that, yes, surprises will happen. This thing. Did that without moving my lips. Ooh. Surprises will happen, but let's focus on him with us and look out for those waiting for us. Amen? Amen. Good. Is Jane around? Hey, Jane. We're going we're gonna to sing a song. Like, the band didn't get to rehearse this, so thank you very much. There's that, I was on, on the way here thinking of that, um, that song, The Wind and Waves Still Hear His Voice. I can't remember the rest of it, but I like that line. It's well with my soul. Is it? So I, I may be in a pickle or a storm, but it's well with my soul because the wind and waves still hear his name. So I'd love us to end uh, with this song. Let me just pray for us and then the band can lead us. And uh, I'm sure the children will come in at some point. Father, we pray for one another. Pray for those that are in the middle of storms and difficulties. Whether they're shaking you by the shoulder and saying, Jesus, don't you care? or whether they're confident that you're with them. We ask you that um, you'd comfort those going through great difficulties, that you'd help them to know that you are with them. Give us a revelation of your greatness, Lord, that you have all authority, that you can speak to any situation and muzzle this, heal that, cast out the other. We thank you that we are with you on this journey. We commit the year to you as a church we ask you to keep us in step with you wherever you want to go lord we'll set sail with you we want to 
obey you. We thank you for your command that comes to us as an invitation because you want to partner with us. Thank you for the security that comes of knowing that we're never on our own because you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. And we pray uh, with great expectation that you would lead us to those who are just waiting for someone to bring them to Jesus. We ask you this year that we'll see people who are currently chained being set free. We ask you'll lead us to people who are currently only hurting themselves by their behavior, but they'll come to know you. Those who at the moment are not clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, still in guilt and shame, with no hope because they're without you, that you'd lead us to them and that we would see people coming to faith in Jesus and being clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And we pray this so that the name of Jesus will be glorified. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together, shall we? for me to not believe even when my eyes can't see and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into
Great stuff. Uh, well, that's it for today. Have a great week and enjoy yourself. Every blessing. And uh, same again next week. See you then.